0: Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, June 22nd, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adi Jr. And joining me is twitch.tv slash FM3 underscore
1: Fran <laughs> the third. My name's gotten even longer. It's all my official legal name now, Blessing. <laughs>
0: Dude, it's, it's great to have you. I feel like this is the first time we've hosted together on KFGD.
1: I think it actually is. So I'm excited. It's funny. We've definitely been on gamescast before in the past but i don't remember doing this yet so excited yeah man how you been it's been a while been good you know it's i think the usual 2020 response you know we're all doing as well as we can do another crazy weekend another beginning to a crazy week but uh you know there's still um super awesome and interesting game news out there so i'm always happy to be on the show
0: how are you how are you passing your time nowadays? It's just a lot of a lot of video games, a lot of streaming.
1: Yeah. A lot of streaming, a lot of video games and um and still some cooking in there, but I have to say it, it varies. Oh, which cooking. you know, uh, I've I've trying to been trying to perfect my curry recipe, my vindaloo oh. recipe. So I've been working on that and then um I always make pasta sauce somewhere in Damn. there. Cuz they it's not you know, I'm a bachelor and so it's nice to just like do all that ahead of time and then I have a few mm. days of food. Ready to go. So, other than yeah. that, though, yeah, eating in yeah. video games, maybe not the best you know line i up. mean
0: honestly same i mean i'm not cooking but i'm doing a lot, a lot of post mating and, and a lot of uh, playing last of us and other video games which we'll oh, talk yeah. about actually on this episode because today's stories include rocksteady working on suicide squad spongebob reviews and a whole lot more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every week at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games daily. To be a part of the show, head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames with bronze members or above. Get to write in. And silver members or above. Get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping. It's been a super busy morning. I've been awake since 6 a.m., Barrett. By the way, Barrett's running the show. Not Kevin. Barrett's yeah. back, Yo, what up? So this is a, what this up? is a very Barrett episode, so Barrett's awesome to have you here because we're talking about some Barrett-ass things. I'm excited but I've been to up talk since-
2: about some Barrett-ass things, you know what I'm saying?
0: For sure man i've been up since 6 a.m because this morning we woke up we did we did a smash presentation reaction which, which we'll talk about in a second we, we did a uh a reaction to crash for i wasn't part of that but you know that was the thing that happened There was a day of the dev stream there's a whole bunch of things happening but let yet yeah, let's go through them so we had a, a few live reactions that are now available on youtube.com slash kind of funny games uh tim and i of course reacted to the smash presentation featuring a new arms character uh tim Barrett and IGN's Jonathan Dornbush reacted to that new trailer for Crash 4. Uh, Greg and Andy reacted to today's Day of the Dev stream. And Barrett's first impressions of SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom just went live. And that's all either already or soon hitting youtube.com slash kinda funny games. We're also reacting live tomorrow morning Because it's a crazy week uh, Tomorrow morning we're reacting live to a summer game fest stream That's at 8am and that's with Greg, Tim And me, so tune in for that uh, Thank you to our Patreon producers Mohammed Mohammed, Connor Nolan, and Blackjack Today we're brought to you by Purple Mattress, but I'll tell you about that later For now, let's begin with what is And forever will be, the Roper Report Time for some news We have six stories today A baker's dozen does, and it's a, does. it's a jam-packed six stories. Let's start with our number one. And again, it's a barret ass news day, so strap in. Number one, Rocksteady is apparently making a Suicide Squad uh, game. This uh, is Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. Uh, and don't worry, Batman. it doesn't stop there. It gets, more, it gets more juicy. A list of leaked domain names set, has set internet tongues wagging that. Rocksteady, developer of Batman Arkham Asylum, is working on a game centered on DC Suicide Squad. The domain names popped up yesterday on Reset Era where fans noted they were were registered by a company connected to Warner Brothers. Eurogamer understands this to be accurate. I've heard that one particular phrase registered as a domain, Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League.com, is a contender for the game's final title, Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League, and a good summation of what you can expect Rocksteady's next big game to be about. Other other domains registered include Suicide Squad Game.com and Gotham Knights game.com Gotham Knights refers to the unannounced Batman game currently in development at Batman Arkham origin studio Warner Brothers Montreal both projects are set to be teased at Warner Brothers upcoming DC fandom event in August your gamer understands now Barrett Courtney how does it feel to owe me a shot because I got that very right the August release date you or not really this date. I, I predicted specifically the the, the August announcement of whatever Warner Brothers Montreal is working on. Barrett, are you ashamed?
2: I, I think it's kind of bullshit that – I don't know. I just think it's you bullshit. You just don't like it. I, I just don't like it. I'm not a fan. I, I don't – Did I don't, Barrett have a prediction? Because here's the thing. We don't even know if it's actually going to come in August. Like, yeah, there's DC you fandom. Yeah. Hey, dude. That's true. It's not a fact yet. There have true. been other events it's not a fact yet,
0: but, mean, that, fact yet, but like – it's, the, it's happening. It's there, happening.
2: There have been other events that have made way more sense for these games to be revealed, and they have not happened. So just because DC fandom is happening doesn't mean these announcements are legit happening at this event. But in- Who the fuck knows?
0: Barrett, Barrett, in their press release, they said WB game announcements in the in the press release and for angel
2: and Jeff Keeley said, uh there's gonna be w b for his summer game fest, and have we seen shit from wB yet who no, we haven't so maybe you, maybe we get shit this month from them. who knows are you I'm are you saying, willing to
0: increase the bet? do we just <laughs> what
2: what was the original bet? was it a shot?
0: I think it was a shot. I think I get a shot from both you and greg and so I, i'm I'm are you down to increase it to two shots from Barrett so wait, who's doing the shot? Oh wait. Yes, I'm so I'm doing the shot. Greg and Barrett get me the shots. But also that doesn't make sense because I feel like you don't buy shots. You don't buy shots. And so I I, I need some sort of loss factor from Barrett. Barrett, what are you giving up here?
2: (laughs) Uh
1: my firstborn child. I don't know. Oh god, no. It's it's probably not the first time he said that. I wouldn't trust this guy. Fran, what's your what's your take on all this? Uh you know, as much as I uh love the the Rocksteady Batman games and all that And I've been following and waiting to hear the announcement. I'm I'm like I've kind of lost hope, but also I'm a little confused now and you could help me out. So is this so we think this is what they're doing instead of like just another straight up Batman game. Is that where we're at with this? From
0: from Rocksteady, yes, and that's yeah. that's always kind of been the conversation. I think Rocksteady, after Arkham Knight, you know, it it, it seemed that they wanted to lean back off of doing Batman games, right. um, And it seemed that and, WB Montreal were the ones that were taking up the the mantle of Batman.
1: Yeah, and that was the rumor a while back, which still also has not been confirmed.
2: Yeah, and and that's
1: not, like that's that's been like the,
2: that's been part of like kind of the rumor mill for a while is that they were not doing anything Batman; they were doing something else. Um, I know there was like a rumored Superman game at one point uh, and stuff like that uh, that they might have been working on Um, and then I I have been hearing things about Suicide Squad uh, I think for like the last couple weeks so this like doesn't super surprise me Um, it actually kind of excites me uh, just in the aspect of like I I was less excited at the idea of them working on a Superman game and I know Greg is going to try to find me and kill me right now for saying that Mm -hmm. Uh, but just because I don't know if there's really a way to make an interesting and good feeling Superman game but the idea of um, making a video game that's centered around uh, like very talented mercenaries who are out to kill very powerful superheroes like Superman and stuff I think that's a really cool setup for possibly like uh, a, a lot of interesting fights uh, throughout that game. So, and and yeah. that's and that's the thing is like, while, yes, I will miss the Rocksteady uh, era of Batman games. I totally respect like if they've wanted to move on from uh, from Batman for a while. Uh, and so, I'm I'm totally down to see what uh, what the Suicide Squad game is all about. Honestly.
1: Yeah, here's here's what I think is the important question. Then is so if. Montreal, you know, uh, Warner Bros. Montreal is working on, in the spirit of the Arkham games, probably taking that same type of gameplay to heart, right? Probably trying to just yeah. do their best job with that type of game. Then what type of game would that make this? You know, is it just going to be these characters, this story in the same type of gameplay? Because that doesn't add up for me. Wouldn't it need no. to be a bit, are they going to take, right, the the Marvel route? Are they going to go do something crazy like that?
0: I mean, I think that is, like, the Marvel's Avengers route might actually be what this lines up with. Because I I, I believe there have been rumors in the past also pre- pertaining to what said he's working on that it is. Actually, I think this is Jason Schreier that I was actually talking I about I think it, like, I heard something year. like this a
1: long time ago is why I asked. Yeah, he
0: was talking <laughs> about it was like a like a co-op kind of game or like a, yeah. a, a multiplayer game in some sense. and So yep. it could be, like, Marvel's Avengers that's about to come out, but with Suicide Squad, which sounds like a very strange game coming from rocksteady i personally don't know how i feel about that like i think suicide squad sounds cool but a rocksteady developed co-op suicide squad game doesn't necessarily sound like what i want from that studio
1: yep yeah it was actually i'll tell you it's a long time ago now and i might even be mixing some of this up but i remember hearing about this kind of under the breath of it wasn't even this was like back when i was working at ign this is a long time ago but that it was supposed to be a bit Destiny ask or whatever, and then like the Marvel yeah. stuff happened with Crystal Dynamics. I was like, wait, I thought that was Rocksteady that was doing this, and I got all confused. And then so now I'm wondering, like, is it whatever? Is it still um, something in that vein? I mean, it was a very long time ago, and projects change and move around and all that stuff. But um, I'm excited. Rocksteady's a really good developer, so you know whatever they do, we, we I can't wait to see it.
2: Yeah, about- and reportedly. What about, uh, this, uh, what, what about this WB Montreal game, though? What's, what, what's going on here, Bless? What are your thoughts? I mean, it's I don't really have
0: – I want to ask you what your thoughts are because uh, Gotham Knights is what they're calling it, right? And this is – that's, of course, coming off of the, the Court of Owls teases that, that Barrett's, it, Barrett has been gobbling up and, and has been anticipating. What does a Gotham Knights game do for you, Barrett?
2: Uh, I was talking a little bit uh, about this uh, yesterday while I was streaming because I think the uh, domain names uh, went up yesterday. And it's one of those things where I don't think it – I like the name because it, it gets away from the Arkham uh, kind of title uh, convention that they, they, they've had for a, a while, and it has been said that WB Montreal is m- looking to make this kind of like a soft reboot of the Batman video game franchise. Um, so I like that they're straying from the Arkham title, but it's also kind of weird because uh, the last Batman Arkham game was Arkham Knight, so it's like – it's like a weird, like, okay, you got away Hear, from Arkham. Hear me out, though. But, Hear like, me out, though. What? Go-
0: Gotham Knights, the sequel to Gotham Knights, Gotham City. The uh. sequel to Gotham City, <laughs> Gotham Asylum.
2: <laughs> they just go in the uh the yeah, exact they go opposite reverse. order. Um, I, I also think it's interesting because the feeling I get from Gotham Knights is not – particularly batman but more bat family and i feel like that's something else that we have like heard like rumors on and people have speculated over of like being able to play as the bat family um so there's a lot of interesting questions of like who will get to play like who is going to be considered a, a gotham knight right um yeah, I don't know. There's still a lot of questions because, again, this uh, is looking to be a soft uh, reboot of the the Batman uh, video game franchise. And so <laughs> I'm I'm excited to see what WB Montreal uh, has. Like I've said before and uh, like uh, very smart people like Roger McCorney have said before, like the Arkham origin story is one of the best stories in the Arkham uh, universe. And uh, like while the the game and like the open world design wasn't completely there, like uh, WB Montreal was still like doing some really interesting stuff in that game. So I'm I'm really excited to see what they've got going on, um, uh, especially story wise, because I think they told a really great story in Arkham Origins. So I can I, I, I trust them to do something cool. And uh, of course, uh, with the rumors of uh, of uh, Scott Snyder um, helping them out with uh, story, um, who's the uh, Creator of the the Court of Owls and stuff like that sounds really really exciting.
0: We'll have to wait and see. Probably at DC Fandom. I don't know why Barry doesn't believe it, but trust me, it's gonna happen. Again, DC there have been Fandome, other events August that have made upcoming. more
2: sense. But
0: Eurogamer understands, though. Eurogamer understands. They ended their article by saying, "We understand that this is happening." Okay. You can, who, who, why? How?
1: Eurogamer wouldn't steer us wrong. Sure. The European <laughs> story Branded. number two. Speaking. Uh, go for it, Fran. Sorry, no, I was just joking. I said, "Yep, yeah, print that quote that you just said.
0: Uh, speaking of Barrett news, story number two, uh, we have SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated Reviews. Uh, or rehydrated reviews. Uh, we have a roundup for you. Uh, Jonathan Dornbush at IGN gave it a 5 out of 10 and says, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated makes an argument that if you're going to remake something beloved, it's not worth taking any half measures. Rehydrate. Rehydrated's visit. of the the iconic Spongebob platformer often does just that. Rather than addressing any of the real issues with Battle for Bikini Bottom, that could have been tweaked without ruining the spirit of the original, it leaves history intact at the cost of making this a better game, and its problems have only become more noticeable with age and increased competition. There are bright spots that remain fun almost two decades later, and there are pops of ingenuity in its reworking, but it does little to stand alongside the best or or even the pretty good platformer remakes and remasters we've seen this generation, uh, Funky Joseph at Gamespot gave it a two out of ten, and says if you find if you if if you find you still have fond feelings about the original SpongeBob SquarePants battle for Bikini Bottom, you should watch a speedrun of it, or find find your old find your old copy and dust off that PS2. This one isn't it. Remasters, ports, and remakes are nice because they make games feel more accessible to new audiences and the ones that excel understand that some features from the games era are antiquated and should be updated or removed. SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated flops like a fish out of water when it comes to this. It's a game so focused on emulating and embellishing the original that it doesn't know the parts of itself that are fun and the parts that aren't. And the last one I'm going to pull is from Mitch Vogel at nintendo life uh they gave it a 7 out of 10 and they write considering the long-reaching cultural impact that spongebob that that the spongebob cartoon has had on modern pop culture it's nice to see that the franchise got at least one solid video game that that properly properly represents the unique draw of spongebob and his friends though battle for bikini bottom doesn't bring anything new to the table as a 3d platformer its strong level design light-hearted tone and gorgeous remastered visuals make this make this one an easy recommendation that being said, rampant <laughs> technical issues hold the game back from true greatness, which is a real shame given the quality in nearly every other area. As a result, this certainly isn't the game to unseat Super Mario Odyssey, but those of you that love a good collectathon 3D platformer will find plenty to love here. Barrett, both me and you have been playing uh, Spongebob Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Where are you at with it?
2: Blessing, I actually want to hear your take first. I'm interested to hear because I don't know if you played the game when it, when it was originally out, so I, I'm actually really interested to hear your take.
0: So I didn't play the game when it was originally out. Um, and jumping into jumping into this game for the first time, my immediate impressions I got were, oh man, this is a PS2 game, and it it's a PS2 game in the way that despite them remastering it. It it still feels, moves, and in a lot of ways even sounds like a PS2 game, which comes with like which which comes with mixed things because because for me, coming coming new into it and being somebody who actually like really loved the PS2 like PS2 was the console at like my uh I guess coming of age with gaming I, I guess is the way to put it, and so like playing it you know I feel love?
1: like
0: I didn't have a GameCube no oh, I had I had, I had a next I mean, one it was, was on, 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 on GameCube Xbox, as well. But, just feel it was like, on GameCube as well.
1: You know, let's not forget. Anyway, sorry.
0: <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, playing it, it's, it's been one of those things where I'm like, all right, I can forgive so much here because I do understand the era that this game's from. I understand that maybe, maybe with this type of uh, remake they're doing, they don't want to touch like they don't want to touch what's going on mechanically, don't want to change too much. And I can respect that because as somebody who played the Shadow Colossus remake, that game kind of did a similar thing where they they remastered all of the visuals, they tweaked things here and, here and there, but ultimately that Shadow Colossus remake remains untouched. And that comes for better and worse because for people like me that love that PS2 game, I like that. I, I didn't want them to touch Shadow Colossus, but I've talked to friends that were like, oh man, this game kind of feels weird in the controls here and there. And it's one of those things where you're just gonna have that disconnect. For me, playing this game, you know, they 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 leave it untouched in terms of uh, what the game design is and all that stuff, which means that it feels dated as you're playing. But also, technically, there's just a lot there that feels wrong. Like it is it. There, there are loading screens all over the place, and the loading screens are long. There are loading screens in places where it doesn't make sense. Like I'll jump on a, on the wrong like texture or something, and then I'll get a loading screen that will then load me back to like a, a um, an appropriate spot on the map. And it's like I don't know if that necessarily need, needed a loading screen. It would have been nice if if uh, they figured out a way technically to make it either an immediate respawn upon like jumping uh, out of world or or, or uh, landing in a place that I'm not supposed to be in the game or like i don't know make it some find a way to make the game feel more more free um, and so that's the thing i've been noticing but then also like just just technically overall it just doesn't it it seems like kind of a mess i don't think it's a 2 out of 10 uh, but i i kind of i kind of align with the 5 out of 10 that Jonathan Dornbush gave it like i think that sounds about right like it it's it it's not a step forward in any way aside from the upgraded visuals but you know it's not it's also not like
2: offensively bad
0: where, where
2: Alright. So of course you can watch my first impressions up on YouTube.com slash so kinda of funny games right now, uh, where I play through one of the early levels, uh Gulagoon and uh kind of talk about my early takes. And I haven't actually played uh much. Like I, fr- I played like the first three levels uh and like the first like a major, major boss, and then I'm, um, I'm actually gonna restart uh my playthrough and uh play through the entire thing on stream um the uh, this week. So um my my takeaways is like i don't disagree with what anybody is really saying i think it's a little harsh with one of the reviews saying like this ain't it uh like dust off your old copy cuz like uh, for me this is the exact same game i remember for better and for worse so it's like even if you dust off your original copy like it's it's going to be just as weird with like the things that you've been saying with uh with uh like, loading screens, loading. which are ridiculously long for a game that I don't think should... They're very long. It, it's, like, egregious. Um, and, yeah, like, there's a lot of, like, weird, uh, like, um, um, physics stuff that happens, like, when you're on, like, a like a kind of, like, a weird, like, um, seesaw type of bridge um, that, like, affects... That will affect, oh, yeah. uh, affect uh, physics in a very, very weird way. And it's just, like... And that's the unfortunate thing, is, like... Yeah, I remember having these same issues back when I was uh, loving and playing these games uh, back in uh, in 2003, 2004, whatever. Um, so, like, I, I'd i probably, like, uh, out of the three reviews that you'd re- uh, you've would you read, I'd probably align with, like, a Dornbush's score the most. Um, I, like, the thing that still makes me like it, though, is because I, I played it originally, I have a bunch of nostalgia for it, so I do have... Um, I do have, like... A, a lot of love for it still, even though I do see like all of the um, kind of threads coming apart uh, while playing it. Uh, and, and to me, it still has like a, a certain amount of charm. I think like everything is beautifully animated. Um, like uh, just it's got, it's got a certain amount of life in there that uh, yeah. as someone has, who's, a, has, who's a fan of I SpongeBob, think, like I, I, I really fucking love it.
0: Yes. And it, ha- it, it still has that SpongeBob charm to it. And I think that's the thing that kind of kept me coming back is hearing hearing the 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 characters talk uh you know hearing like the voice acting and being like oh yeah that's spongebob except for mr krabs which is definitely not mr krabs from yeah the show. it's it's really
2: and but it's weird because i i don't remember if it was actually mr krabs in the original game either um i haven't gone back to like uh watch like a, a video of the original game but i i should because yeah that is definitely <laughs> not clancy brown and it's very off-putting <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was very off putting because I was he was he was talking like Mr. Krabs, but I was like, that is not Mr. Krabs. Um, but like even like a lot of the a lot of the humor, a lot of the jokes, a lot of, a lot of the stuff does uh or did land for me. And I'm actually compelled to play more. Like I've only played a few hours of it. Like I'm not that far into it. And I kinda wanna play more because I like SpongeBob. But I will say that the technical issues are kinda holding me back. Like there there's a bunch of stuff that I haven't even mentioned as far as like in a lot of it is so minor is, is, is the crazy thing too because like there's stuff like text you know when you're talking to a character oh and you're, God, you're, yeah. you're having dialogue and, and they're talking and it's one of those things where they'll have voiceover that covers like multiple text boxes but like the text box doesn't
2: follow thing. like their cadence yes. of speaking you have to press x every time like a certain amount of text is over for the text to continue and that is something from the original game and it's little things like that it's like y'all didn't think to update this to a modern era setting in 2020
0: yeah like there's a part uh, i was playing in jellyfish fields where i got late into the level and i, I and because of the way jellyfish Fields. uh Fields is designed right like it's a also, vertical friend
2: remote. i see you're fresh in the fucking chat okay speak up about spongebob <laughs> if you want to fucking talk all right
1: i'm not this Based is not on me brand. andy andy came into chat because he realized like i did not have much to add to this to be fair and i don't you guys are the pros on this one i do i i was laughing a little bit though and talking to chat because i legit was just remembering i didn't tell them this but i freaking previewed this game Uh, the original and i remember talking to like you know the the president of uh heavy iron or whatever it was at the time at like i think a thq preview event and i love spongebob um but yeah anyway it's uh my the only short thing i have to add is it's too bad it's getting some negative reviews i did uh i was super excited when they brought out you know obviously a spongebob game of this this Mm -hmm. caliber let's say at the time and um if they botched it up, that's too bad. But I haven't yeah, touched it, it so I, w- I really wouldn't know. The last, but yeah, like sorry, go it ahead. doesn't look like a two. I can. I was watching footage. Yeah, it, it looks look good, like in, and, and it like
0: it has that charm. But I think past that, it kind of like for me as somebody who loves collectathon 3D platformers, it I I, I think it, it loses so much in terms of the ways it's like. Because what I was gonna say is like I got to the top of jellyfish fields and I fell, and it was one of those things where I did it didn't like. Game over me or or anything. I just landed Mm. back toward the beginning of the level, which means that like, oh snap, I have to do this longest level again. It was one of those things where it's like that's that's very archaic when it when it comes to level design in that way. I
1: I guess I can understand that front where if it's literally like rehydrated 2003 game, you know that stuff just doesn't hold up. It's it literally is 17 years ago, and back then a lot of it was about the just the quality. Honestly, I really do believe some a lot of it was about the quality of the graphics and what you could do at that time and like it wasn't as nearly as much as what we're doing today so um anyway might might be best yeah. for kids
2: I, I, not I, well, adults my last thought is that if honestly as if you know me and my love for admittedly trash collectathons that go over the top with collectathons like Donkey Kong 64 oh boy which is which is definitely a way better game than this but if you need yes. that itch if you need that it's like scratched, I think this is a, a good enough game that you can play through a weekend and just never think about it again.
1: I can see that. I can. Do see you want to do that though? Are you recommending that people do that? Just because it's SpongeBob is that what I'm hearing? If you got
0: that, if you got that itch, yeah. I think if
2: you got if that, you itch. if you have that itch and if you like SpongeBob, I I I, I say it's still worth checking out. Yeah. Story I'm just saying the way you
1: said it. Oh well, it's fine.
2: Story
0: number three, Nintendo is slowing down on mobile games. This is Andy Robinson at oh BGC who writes, Nintendo president Shuntaro Furukawa is said to have told Japanese media last month that the company was, quote, not necessarily looking to continue releasing many new applications for the mobile market, end quote. According to Bloomberg, Nintendo was disappointed by the revenue uh, revenues it's achieved so far from titles such as Mario Kart Tour and Fire Emblem Heroes. In addition, the company is said to be unsatisfied by the limitations of the mobile platform from a game design perspective. Quote, well, the company believes its franchises shine brightest when coupled with, with design by Nintendo controllers, and it's never been fully com- comfortable with the touchscreen-only interface of a phone, uh, Bloomberg, Bloomberg reports. Bloomberg claims Nintendo has asked its mobile, mobile development partners not to force players to spend a lot, a lot in games, fearing it could harm its game's brands. So far... Over half of Nintendo's mobile revenue has reportedly come from Fire Emblem, with the title's gotcha monetization uh, model proving fruitful, according to Sensor Tower data, uh, with an average revenue per download of $41. The next two highest grossing Nintendo titles as of January 2020 are Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, which accounted for 12% of all user spending, followed by Dragalia Lost at 11%. Nintendo's Mario titles have seen huge download numbers but have fared worse in terms of mobile spend, according to Sensor Tower, with Mario Kart Tour and Super Mario Run contributing overall revenue shares of 8 and 7%, and Dr. Mario World with less than 1%. So far, over over half of Nintendo's mobile revenue has reportedly come from Fire Emblem, with the title's gotcha monetization model proving fruitful, according to Sensor Tower data, with an average revenue per per download of $41.00 uh yeah it looks like actually it looks uh, like this from this article repeats itself and so yeah, yeah. uh fran mm-hmm. have, have, were the nintendo mobile titles ever like your thing did those ever like, no, you? Really...
1: no but uh what i will say is i mean first of all i think we need to hear a little bit more on nintendo's like official plans because i have seen them in the past you'd hear things like this and so meaning the story suddenly becomes Nintendo's getting out of the mobile market, right? And then that'll be the story. But I, I don't think we're hearing that necessarily. That being said, this also doesn't surprise me is that Nintendo has been pretty, I'd say fearful, I feel like, of the mobile market. The biggest thing that I've seen is like they have these monster franchises. I, With someone of their resources, it should not be hard for them to make money at all on the mobile games market. But obviously the way that people do that, they're not totally comfortable with Um the And I almost feel like they haven't, like, researched it enough either, though. You know, I know that comes off mm-hmm. wrong. Like, they, they make the games. They obviously have a lot of people researching this. But meaning I think they're a little fearful of how mobile games are done. Uh, they even, you know, point out the control limitation stuff here. But it may not be their bag. But what I will say is in the long run, it would surprise me if they didn't. Definitely dive back into the mobile market because it's monstrous. And just because like if 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 this truly is because Animal Crossing is like a huge hit, like, okay, that is very circumstantial. You know, you've got your next ten years to worry about. So I, I'd be surprised if we don't see Nintendo to continue to prod at the mobile market. Um they just need to get over this hump of how are they gonna make how they're gonna make money, you know, because premium games are right, more how they make money. Animal crossing yeah. is a premium sixty dollar and- game, right? And I think that's exactly where the conflict is with Nintendo,
0: like reading the reading through the story and and seeing how Nintendo operates as a company and seeing how they've operated in this mobile space. They very much strike me as like the like the old school classic rapper who like refuses to use autotune because they, they even though they know that autotune is going to make their music sell better, they don't want to like compromise their integrity. Nintendo yeah. kind of strikes me as that. Right where you know they 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 have that interest in mobile. They know for a fact that Nintendo is a brand is powerful. They know that that Mario's a hit, Pokemon's a hit. All their franchises, or maybe not all, but so many of their franchises yeah. are hits. And they can print you know, money
1: on there. If they can they, they,
0: they can print money on there if they really wanted to. And I think I think for Nintendo this has just been a huge experiment. Like this has just been a, this this has been a huge mm-hmm. like, all right, let's 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 see what happens. Like let's see how this works because like one we don't have a reason not to, and then also like if this works. We're gonna have a huge uh, new revenue stream on our hands. We're gonna have a, a huge new o- new audience to make games for. And so, the thing that, I think the thing about Nintendo is that you know you look at uh, you you look at how they treat their brands. You look at how they treat their games. You look at uh, how they they really like that premium thing, right? Like you look at Switch titles and they really like not lowering those the prices of their games mm-hmm. because they don't want you to devalue devalue the games right they want their games to yeah. hold hold that same value i think that translates well to how they they or I, that translates to how they've handled the mo- the mobile market but i also think that translates to why they're not seeing as much success overall um in the mobile market aside from yeah. fire emblem which they've adopted the gacha model with
1: yeah yeah and i think you said it best like they are testing uh, and it very much feels that way i you know actually on the other side of it will say i have to give them some some respect for being very careful with how you, you know, develop mobile games. They clearly I think under their breath have made it clear they think that you know, games are worth a certain cost. You're pretty much getting at it. And I think they're very nervous to release like full-on mobile games that you can play with full controls for, you know, 5.99 or whatever it's going to be when they go out there on Switch and they they have to release that for 20 or 30 or 40 or whatever they they put it at. So, I think yeah, they're experimenting to see yeah, how they can kind of cross cross both those philosophies and take it step by step. But I have to give them some credit for that, which is they have actually the money and the backing to do it. They're not, like, in trouble or anything. And yeah. if they find whatever their path is, you know, they will find it eventually. I would love to see, you know, more Nintendo mobile games. Like, just like, I always bring up Pokemon Puzzle League. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Oh, like God. Just Pokemon anything Pokemon like that. Yeah, like, give me something like that, I, you know. I don't even play a ton of mobile games, but when I do play mobile games, I personally play stuff like that. Um, and I feel like, yeah, they have a treasure trove of, of stuff they could do, but they're being very cautious. I played Fire yeah. Emblem, actually. I really liked it. Um, that was a good choice. So I don't know. I want to see them do more stuff like that. I hope this doesn't mean that they're going to spend the next two years you know, relishing their profits while the next gen consoles come out and then they realize that everybody's complaining because Switch isn't power enough and we go right back to the usual game that we play with Nintendo is why doesn't the next Breath of the Wild run well enough and where's the mobile games and then we wait two years and it'll be three years from now that it starts coming back around. And anyway, I I hope that's not the case.
0: (laughs) I personally would be surprised if they they continue to go big on mobile for the time being. Right? I can see them I can see them taking a break and maybe returning in like five to 10 years. But I, I feel like oh, right now with, so with long. how, with how they've operated so far and, and what they're seeing on return, I don't think they like the, I I'm sure they, they like the fire emblem gacha model from the sense that it is very profitable for them. And that is their most successful game on mobile. But I think they don't want to treat Mario that way. And they don't want to treat, um, uh, Zelda that way or Pokemon um or maybe pokemon but it's in terms of their beloved cherished franchises that 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 they hold close to the chest right like i i can't see nintendo caving to to trying to you know super monetize it in a way that's not a pun um, but yeah super monetize <laughs> it in a, in a way that uh might might jeopardize how people feel about about mario
1: yeah, it's it's also just going to be very stock driven, right? You know, they're going to have the conversation yeah. as soon as the stocks start going down again because that's what investors want to hear. But investors don't care right now because Animal Crossing and uh, the amount it sold is just insane. But it was some of that was circumstantial to, uh, you know, the it just blew up because of what's going on in the world. Not that Animal Crossing isn't great, but you know, I I don't think that Animal Crossing would have blown up like it did if we didn't have. You know, famous movie stars and everybody just trapped inside everybody, yeah. you know, when it happened. And it was the perfect game and it hit the perfect time. Nintendo's actually great at that right place, right time, um, like with the Wii as well. But, um, but yeah, anyway, I, I do think it'll be sooner than than later. Like, let's say they are backing off for now. As soon as their stock starts to come down again, they're going to have to tell investors, wait, 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 we don't know. We're working on mobile and here's why. So, here's Mark, whatever card. that future games daily is, Barrett or Blessing, if you're around and I'm not tell him that i said it was coming whenever that's gonna be
2: why wouldn't you be around fran fran what are you not i'm, telling no, us? I'm not here every day I think is you all i'm actually, saying fran, what do you have to tell <laughs> jeez this is not fran, like fran, dark going? And
1: grim man are you good bro i just meant i'm not here every day anyway uh anyway
0: yep story number four uh, a former microsoft employee accuses mixer manager of racist commons this is matthew handrahan at GamesIndustry.biz. A former Microsoft employee left the company following its alleged failure to address racism within the management of its Mixer streaming service. Milan Lee, who worked at Microsoft for two years starting in 2017, described his experience on the Mixer team as, quote, the worst I've ever had professionally, and it's all due to racism, end quote. In a Twitter blog post, Lee said he he was initially beyond happy to move to Seattle and join the Mixer team due to a longstanding desire to work in the games industry. However, he was one of the few Black people on the team and suspected that he was, quote, only hired to meet a a diversity goal because I was Black, end quote. The main example Lee cited was a meeting in which his manager used slavery as an analogy to explain Mixer's relationship with his partners. In a subsequent meeting, Lee voiced his objection to the analogy to, uh, to his manager, but his complaint was allegedly disregarded, and he was told to work to quote work on himself end quote quote If I wanted to go far in this industry, I need to work on my emotions. I, I need to work on my emotions and feelings. To similar comments, uh, Lee recalled. After this after this meeting, I knew I was leaving end quote. Lee has also alleged that his skip level manager didn't report the complaint to human resources, and he re- he resigned shortly a- shortly after. A subsequent investigation by the Microsoft HR HR team found the manager uh, to be not guilty of the charge. Lee added, quote, the reason my manager was not penalized and the reason she still still has her job today is because she cannot be racist. The reason she cannot be racist is because she hired a black person, end quote. Mixer responded to Lee uh, on Twitter with the following statement. Our goal is to build a positive, welcoming, and inclusive team and community. To those sharing your stories, it's, it's unacceptable that we did not provide that for you. We'll be vigilant in addressing this more diligently in the future. Phil Spencer, who oversees Microsoft's gaming activities, including Mixer, reached out to Lee on Twitter to ask if he would agree to a meeting. Quote, Racism will not be tolerated on our teams or on our services, end quote. Spencer said. Lee has now confirmed that he will meet with Spencer today to discuss his experience in more detail. Um, and let me tell you, I, I went and I actually read uh, what Milan Lee posted on Twitter because this is a thing that
1: yeah, I saw blew up over too. the weekend.
0: This is the thing that was making the rounds. Uh, and his actual his actual uh, um, report that he wrote out, I think, is way more even damning than what that what they say in the Games article. Like he goes into actual details of like. No, yeah, like this is what this is what yeah the said, steps right? that he
1: took and yeah
0: yeah all of that. like there's the steps that 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 um that I took. This is the exact quote uh, from my from my manager, which was not a it's not a good quote at all. Let me tell you, let me tell you, it's not the kind of thing you want to hear as an employee, um, at Mixer. Um, and then he also talked about how um, uh, he says here actually, I'm looking at it right now. He says while at a conference, I was pulled aside and told that the only reason I was hired is because I'm street smart. And uh, the first, he continues to say the first thing that popped into my head at the time was affirmative action. I believed I was only hired to meet a diversity goal because I was black. Anyway, I decided to brush it off and let it go. And then he continues to talk about how yeah, after that, um, you know, that's when those meetings happened. That's when he, he started to experience more and more stuff. And and it's all disheartening to see. Like it's 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 all pretty shitty from the side of uh, management there, right? Like the fact that he took the right steps, the fact that those right steps weren't weren't enough, in um, the fact that like. All in all, right? As a black employee, he came to his manager, confronted his manager about a thing that, from what I'm reading here, from the ex- from the exact words the manager said here, I would agree, like is a is is not a great thing to say, right? Is a shitty thing to say, right? Confronts it and then is, is hit back with uh, from his manager and from people higher ups on the team, right, saying that actually no, like this is okay. Like we googled this; uh, it seems like this is an okay thing to say. Um, I don't know, it's it's unfortunate and it's it's actually very frustrating to see
1: yeah I, I I don't know, man. it's like I can't believe this year period so this this was actually very believable Of course I read it and of course this happened. you know what I mean yeah. I, it's but like reading that quote it it's it still blows my mind why would you why would you ever equate anything you're doing to that like I control them? i'm their slave yeah. master i own them what the f so for starters you said that but then the, this other stuff with i don't know who said the street mart th- thing if it was the manager or not but just not a good environment it seems like um uh lee right handled it yeah really professionally good, and that's they could yeah it was super like even-handed about it I said all right i talked to him i wanted to get clarity didn't even need clarity for starters and yeah. then tries to go to the skip-level manager, right? And and yeah. the fact and that it never made know, it to, right? like Skip-level manager would be the manager, manager
0: that is above your manager.
1: Yeah. Yeah, go to somebody else. I mean, uh, the fact that it never made it to HR is crazy as well. Like, telling, obviously, multiple people. Like, even if you as manager... You know, I've managed a lot of people in the past, you may know. And it's like, even if you as manager might feel a certain way, you should report this type of stuff. Immediately, it this, yeah. should have. this, Like, any... Uh, it's so obvious. Or like, like the you should issue respond at hand.
0: with you should respond with some, some type of apology like at first, right? Like in, oh, and well. give you even even, even more yeah. context. Uh uh in, in Milan's blog here, right, that he that he that he wrote, he mentions here, and this is the exact quote Time goes by and we we're in an internal meeting discussing projects we wanted to execute. My manager decided to give us an analogy. That analogy was quote, I'm in between a rock and a hard place. What I mean is, all the part, all the partners are my slaves. I own their content. I control the success on our platform. For me, I am a slave master. I am the slave master. I own my partners. End quote. That's the manager's quote. And then uh, Milan here continues to talk about how he immediately got angry. Um, and honestly, like at that point, didn't really want to work for Microsoft and Mixer anymore. Um, and then yeah, from there, from from then, like confronted the manager, you know, went to the skip level manager, you know, tried to make things right, try to express his feelings, and like got essentially shunned and shut down.
1: Yeah. Uh, Which, again, disheartening to see. It's fucked up. It's crazy. Uh, Glad that it's coming to light. I mean, a lot of stuff's coming to light. And, um, you know, great that Phil reached out. And, you know, obviously that's always a tough spot when somebody in your company um, is being racist or worse or whatever it is. And, like, it's not what the whole company stands for. Uh, I would hope. Right. And so how do, how do you course correct that? How do you make good on it? They have a lot of work to do, but good that Phil is at least getting on top of it. And then, you know, yeah. I, I didn't see it in your write up here, but something that's happening as well now is the, you know, community right, power and standing up for these types of injustices and stuff, right? It's happening everywhere. And so you yeah. have all these people on Mixer that are like, I'm not streaming anymore. I'm leaving if you guys don't correct this in some way. And so that's also actually going on right now. I saw a number of folks on Mixer saying they're not gonna stream, they're not gonna support them. They might even leave if they don't hear, you know, a better resolve to this than just, oh, she can't be racist. She hired somebody that's black. Like what? Yeah. Um, so but yeah, to go like, further like, than that, right?
0: Like you said, like shout out to Phil Spencer. And I think that's a that's the thing to highlight, right? I think it goes beyond like the original quote because you know people people say insensitive shit. People sometimes say ignorant shit and like just don't don't realize it, right? Even even yeah. this quote that I read that would seem like all right, that's definitely something you shouldn't say. It happens. What <laughs> uh, what really ma- What really matters is like how you follow that up and you don't follow follow that up by like, you know, telling your black employee that the racist thing you just said wasn't racist because of, because of whatever reason, right? Like the, 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 the way in which you handle these situations, uh, especially, especially as higher ups at a company, like that changes so much. And I think that's, that's, that's where the conversation lies in terms of all these different things we see in terms of, uh, culture and video game companies, right? Like it's been an ongoing conversation about crunch. It's been an ongoing conversation about, you know like when we look at riot and and the stuff that went down there as far as uh you know mm-hmm. that culture uh being like very masculine and making a, a lot of their their women employees not feel welcome right like a lot of it comes down to all right how do we how do we as management listen to what's going on uh, how do we as man- management um, provide a culture that is healthy for for everybody, and how do we respond when things go wrong? And I think that res- that response is make or break for you. Like if you if you don't respond, um, especially when these things are brought to light, especially when people are taking the correct steps, and especially when people are trying to take things to HR, whose job it whose job it is to like make sure that this shit is dealt with. If that's not done in a way that that is helpful helpful for your employees, then you. You result in having bad culture and in toxic workplaces, and you know that's the thing. That's that's the thing that it that is causing so much difficulty and struggle for so many people working in the industry. You know, across crunch, uh, um, you know, with racism, with with sexism, and all this different stuff. And so, again, like shout out to Phil Spencer for actually responding and, and meeting with uh, Lee one on one to actually talk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well said. Exactly. You know, like how you respond to it. Like this person didn't have to go on the defense. They could have said, you know what? You're out there. You're right. I don't know what I was thinking and apologize. Yeah. And then say, you know what? We also, yeah, let's go talk to HR. Let's figure this out. I don't want this kind of culture around here. And you know how you respond to it. Like that, that's exactly it. People make mistakes. Um, And to hear yeah. you say that it, it that's exactly it. We have this culture problem as well of like, uh, there are ignorant people out there and they don't know they're being ignorant. I think you just said that, right? And mm-hmm. it's like people need this ability and this cognizance to say, hold up. Maybe I am, maybe you're right. Give me a second, <laughs> apologize, yeah. and, and we like, can move on. This. That doesn't mean, yet. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you have to get thrown into the fire and there's no um, there's no recourse. There can be recourse, but it does take not being defensive and so on. So I think that was very well said.
0: Fran, we have uh, two more stories left and they're quick okay. ones because these these are things that we've kind of already touched on in content today. Um, but story number five, these are quick hits. Uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, uh, It's About Time, has been officially announced as Gabe Gerwin at GameSpot. In the works at Toys for Bob, which also handled Spyro, Spyro Reignited Trilogy, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, uses the same basic platforming gameplay of the original titles, but with advanced and modern twists such as wall running and grinding rails to make it through tougher areas. The art style has been overhauled for the latest systems, and you'll be able, you'll be able to play as Neocortex alongside Crash and Coco. Set at the very end of Crash Bandicoot Warped, the new game sees Neocortex, Dr. Entropy, and Uka Uka finally escape from their remote plant and return for another attempt at multiverse domination. Of course, you stand in their way, and you'll have to access uh you'll have you'll have access to four special quantum masks. To quote, bend the rules of reality, end quote, itself and make it through the difficult areas. These include the, the Time Mask, which slows down time, and the Gravity Mask, which, which lets you platform upside down. Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, has a release date of October 2nd, 2020, and it'll release on PS4, Xbox One. Um, unlike Insane Trilogy, it hasn't been announced for PC or Switch. Boo. Boo. <laughs> Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Bring and yeah, it to Boo, Switch, I, do, I do want to see it come to Switch especially because I mean, insane trilogy on, was on switch and then yeah, lastly the, oh, I, was I was gonna say it? what was
1: the quick reactions from were you on that reaction show or was it just i tim wasn't
0: and, it, it was uh tim barrett and jonathan Dornbush. and I, okay. I watched it and it seems like everybody's very happy about it isn't that right we're excited
2: barrett? barrett it looks dope as hell I'm so excited okay. for it. Uh, check out that that reacts to to really get some expert perspective, uh, uh, especially from our good old boy Jonathan Dornbusch, who had a, a lot of uh, great insight on not just uh, Crash and what this uh, um, what this new entry uh, could all be about, but uh, mm. also just like Toys for Bob in general, as developers and all this stuff. It, it, it's a really cool insight uh, that he <laughs> he brings to the to the video. So definitely check it out. Cool.
0: And then, and then, lastly, uh, story number six: Minmin Min is coming to Smash Ultimate. Uh, this is Steve Watts at Gamespot. Nintendo held a Smash Brothers Ultimate presentation, all about its next DLC character, Minmin, Min, from the wacky boxing-like uh, game Arms. A debut trailer showed the various Arms characters knocking each other out over a chance to grab the Smash Brothers invite, only to have Minmin Min step in and grab it for herself. She's coming on June 29th for $5.99, or as part of as part of the Second Fighters Pass. Also coming on June 29th will be a new set of Mii Fighter costumes. Those include Ninjara from ARMS, Heihachi from Tekken, uh, Marie and Callie from Splatoon, and Vault Boy from Fallout. And Vault Boy looks amazing. Um, Those will be available for $0.75 each. A new Spirits feature will let you replay past matches for a high score, and uh, it'll keep a cumulative total of all your high scores. Going into one of those with lower equipment will give you a better score sakurai also showed amiibo figures uh four personas joker and dragon quest luminary hero both coming this fall fran does that do anything for you
1: smash news it does i mean it's funny i love smash Uh, i haven't been able to keep up with it uh shamefully but I was never even an arms fan, but I actually think the character looks really cool. I mean, any 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 character with ramen noodle arms, you know, I'm down for. It. But um, so excited to see, man, that Smash has just got so much success and uh, happy about that. But I was also going to point out, yeah, I saw the Vault Boy Me um, Fighter costume thing, and I think. Tim had enlightened me on this or someone, but like usually when a character comes to the Me Fighter costumes, it probably means we won't see them as like a character it's like playable, a character, right? Yeah. So I was kind of bummed in a way. I was like, Oh, Vault Boy would be fun. Um Yeah. But that was my whatever. that was my immediate
0: reaction too, right? When <clears throat> right? I saw Vault Boy, I was like, Oh snap, that's really cool. I never thought about that. And then I sat yeah. and I was like, shoot, man, could have been cool to get Vault Boys an actual character. But yeah. you know, I'll take what I can get. Either way, Vault Boy the next version yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fran, I'm about to ask you where I can find games coming out to the mom and shops today. But mm. before I get there, let me tell you about our sponsor. This episode of Kind Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Purple Mattress. Technology has improved just about everything. Phones, cars, shopping, yet mattresses have more or less been the same since the invention of sleep. But we deserve better. And finally, the mattress has evolved thanks to Purple. The secret to Purple is the Purple Grid. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. Purple is for every body, no matter how you sleep. Purple is designed with over 2,800 open air channels and naturally naturally temperature uh, neutral gel. You'll never sleep too hot or too cold. The Purple mattress is soft where you want it, firm where you need it, and comfortably cool all over. It's truly a mattress that does it all. Kind of Funny loves Purple Mattress. Uh, Tim uses Purple products and says they're amazing. Uh, His Purple pillow never gets warm and it's super sturdy. You can count on resting easy night after night, year after year, because the ultra durable Purple grid won't sink or lose shape. Purple is so confident in what they do that every Purple Mattress comes with free shipping and returns and a risk-free 100-night trial. Experience the next step of sleep. Go to purple.com slash games and use promo code games for a limited time. Uh, You'll get $150 off any purple mattress order of of $1,500 or more. Again, that's purple.com slash games and use the promo code games for $150 off any mattress order over $1,500 or more. Terms apply. Fran, I'm really excited to see who the next Smash Brothers Ultimate DLC character is. But that reveal is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming to Mom and shops today,
1: where'd I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games daily show host each and every weekday.
0: Yeah. Out today, we got Azure Striker Gunvolt 2 for PC, Coaster for PS4, Sword and Sandals Spartacus for Switch, Gs versus Cthulhu or Geese? Geez versus cthulhu for pc low poly forces for pc alien cat 3 for pc your game the game of ancient gods for pc card blitz wwii that might be card blitz world war ii but i'm not sure but card blitz (laughs) wwii for pc Hylix 2 for pc and mac secret government for pc and mac Run Grandpa Run for PC. Uh, and then Armory and Machine 2 is out now free on iOS and Android. Uh, it's a story-based increment, uh, incremental game where you build up the world's strongest AI. Uh, it's like Final Fantasy or GTA where you don't have to play uh, earlier games to get this one. And then new dates. Uh, photo mode is coming summer 2020 to My Hero 1's Justice 2. This is a strange thing to include in new dates. This, I think this is Greg's doing. Um, but yeah, there you go. If you're looking forward to photo mode in My Hero 1's Justice 2, there you go. Summer 2020. Man, and that's, Solitaire... that's finally
2: going to bring me back to that game. Uh, after yeah, playing finally. it for a, a solid hour and just never touching it again. That'll be the thing that brings me back.
0: Oh, and then here, here's an exciting one. Solitaire 3D is coming to Steam on July 1st. Dang. Yeah, man. I didn't if even you know
1: Solitaire play, was
2: in 3D. Play Solitaire in three dimensions on your PC. Boom. There you go. Why not just play it in three dimensions in real life and get a in fucking real pack life. of cards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's I right. <laughs> fucking got, yeah. got him <laughs>
0: Anytime I anytime anybody's even floated the idea of playing solitaire with actual physical cards, I've worried about them. I'm like, "You no, we're not doing this. That's not a, that's not a thing people actually do. You play solitaire on a on a PC like an adult or a child in my case, I guess when I was yeah. a kid. Um, now it's time for to mail, of course, you can write into patreoncom so that's that's a fun game. Crazy. Uh, where we can
1: get the show ad-free. Are we are we looking at gameplay or are you looking Sorry, at it? Sorry, I looked at Solitaire 3D. I was like, it doesn't even look that 3D. It's still like you, can on the 3 like, <laughs> I don't know how you do a, It's literally flat cards on a flat table. How do you make a game like that more th- Like, do you need it in 3D? Yeah. I've never requested Solitaire in 3D. And also, also let me say that Solitaire
0: is a game in um 51 Worldwide Classics, even though it's Spider Solitaire. I don't know if they have regular solitaire. But even still, mm. Spider-Solitaire. Better than regular solitaire, first of all. That's my hot not take. I'll give it. Um oh dude, Spider Solitaire was like I'm not sure of, I'm not sure what version Spider of Windows solitaire. it was, but like that was like that was, that's when you knew you had like the good version of Windows when it had Spider huh. Solitaire in it and like Spider? all the other, like random games. Yes. You're gonna show me.
1: them the I'm telling you, it's kind of underwhelming. I also look Uh-oh. up uh, run grandpa run that oh. was more interesting. See, so they like they put it on a real table, I guess, right? It's it's not yeah, that 3D, right? Just play
0: solitaire on your PC, right? You I thought it was gonna be like somebody
1: like dealing and like 3D hands and yeah, I don't know, <laughs> just nice. Over I mean, I'm wait, not
0: hating games on games it. What? Wait, in this in the, in solitaire 3D there are over 100 games. Is that what you're saying?
2: It says right there, over 100 games so. of what? I can't see what? your screen is very Hold small on my it's screen. Very tiny. There. I'm sorry, I can't full screen it. If I full screen it, it gets all fucked up sorry yeah. um, it, it does a 100 different full setup like kevin does but it, it
1: and i want you to know it has spider Premier, oh. pyramid and klondike etc multiple card decks a wide range of backgrounds well that's um, actually kind of cool that's so a, if that's you a like solitaire as collection. much as blessing you might be interested
0: well that's way more than solitaire though that's actually like a really cool thing that's a huge collection of card games i might yeah. be into that
1: it does i want to warn you um take up 120 megabytes is required.
0: Oh, man. So you're going to need 120, 120 megabytes. 120 one. whole megabytes. But <laughs> it like, says. Damn, <laughs> son. That's almost the size of lastest part and you you my you. PA- you might want to pop
1: that on your solid state drive.
0: Again, uh, patreon.com slash kind of funny games is where you can go to get the, sh- get the show ad free and write in questions for reader mail, just like Julian, the gluten-free gamer. Julian writes in and says, with the delay of Cyberpunk 2077 to November 19th, we now have Cyberpunk in the Jedi Fallen Order release date, taking it out of contention for the Game Awards event. Do you think Jeff Keeley should make an exception uh, f- or change, change these guidelines? Unders- uh, understood it is based on time for reviewers, but perhaps CD Projekt Red gives out uh, review copies early. Could this still make the cut? Fran, this is a huge discussion last year with Jedi Fallen Order, how that game pretty much landed on the cutoff. Uh, for yeah. game awards and in those nominations, Cyberpunk 2077, one of the biggest games of the year, is going to be a, likely like a critical dar- darling. Yeah, like, you can't say for sure, but if the I, biggest if I had and to the guess, I am the biggest, yeah, like if I had a guess, like that's going to be one of the biggest games of the year, especially in terms of awards and all that stuff. Yeah, what's your take on it coming out late November and how that that uh, bumps up with game awards?
1: Yeah, I mean, number one, I don't think they've announced right what they're going to do for 2020 and the rules, so we don't know if they've figured out and responded to feedback. But because of the way that it works, it's like a bunch of different outlets and chosen voters. There's a lot of moving parts. You do inevitably have to get a cutoff date. So I kind of understand how that works. I think you hit the nail on the head, which is like, I think their their thing actually said when it's publicly available for consumption. And I kind of understand some of the nuances there, but like, if they can just put it into many of these critics' hands, then, you know, I don't think it should matter you know, they just need to get it to them. Like, I mean, it's going to need to be like a month before the date, probably. So, yeah, I don't know. What what's what's your take? I do think that. um Well, I'll wait till you go, and then I have something to say about.
0: I, this.
1: yeah, I, I think Jeff Keighley and the Game
0: Awards have to like kind of keep their ear to the ground with this one because I know uh, it was reported earlier that re, uh, reviewers were going to get this game weeks early, like weeks in advance. And so, like in terms of when reviewers are going to get the game, you know, I think they'll there will be time there to play and digest it, but. With Cyberpunk being as big of a game it is, like who knows how much time it's going to take for people to to play through that game and be able to like you know sit with it and like have their thoughts and be able to like talk about it in a in a game of the year kind of sense by then. Um, yeah. And so like I kind of think it's it's difficult because you don't want to give a game special treatment because it's Cyberpunk, but I do think it's on them to make sure Cyberpunk is able to get into the conversation because that is a game that is going that. that Will very likely be a part of those conversations in terms oh, of yeah. what people look at as game of the year or best RPG and in all these different things. Like that's a high, highly highly anticipated game, and yeah. so yeah, they're they're kind of in between a rock and a hard place. I imagine. I assume though that like it being delayed this early gives them room to talk and figure out how they're going to approach the situation. And so I don't I don't I I, I, I don't yeah. have worries too much that they're not going to figure it out.
1: Uh, what was the the date last year? Was it like the twelfth or something like that? Or yeah, it was
0: like the fourteenth. A week
1: or before, but like meaning, given the thing, again, they haven't. I don't think announced what that cutoff date is. They actually now know when this comes out. They could very easily, within a week or two, I'm sure, um, manage to to hold some of the votes. And but it's all production, man, and it gets complicated. I, I wanted to say, I think it's on. It's a tricky situation because yeah, you look at last year and like Fall in Order, um should have been a big part of that conversation. It was an amazing accomplishment, a new Star Wars game, Respawn, Shining, and it wasn't part of it it's unfortunate because people don't care about game awards as much in the the following year. And that's kind of my hot take. Like I totally support and understand why you want the hype in December. It's, it's very, very hard to do that objectively and get everybody to play all those games, play Sekiro, play Fallen Order. You got this, so much comes out in such a short span of time that just to be honest, I actually don't think game awards are not the game awards. The idea of game awards being in like December it's for the audience wanting to consume that award as soon as possible in a way it kind of ruins and takes away from the in my personal opinion objectivity what you want to do is get a panel of people that give them all the time Billy, you have to play secure i don't care if it's your type of game but it's up for the running i need you to play it and then you know unfortunately though then we wouldn't get awards till like you know march 1st and nobody cares so it's it's a tough situation yeah. to be in, but um, I do think it's a it's a darn shame that you see what happens with Fallen Order. Is Fallen Order going to come up this year? Then is it going to be taken super seriously and get its time in the limelight when you got a new next gen console coming out or multiple next gen consoles? So, I don't know. It's um, in other words, I feel like the whole thing needs some some thinking. Still, <laughs> awards are super yeah. hard to do.
0: In a Timely. in a situation where Cyberpunk somehow doesn't get included in this year's Game Awards and it, and it then um somehow folds in with next year's i think that becomes a very interesting conversation on what happens especially if people especially if people look at cyberpunk cyberpunk with the same reference as witcher 3 right like witcher 3 was a game that got a ton of game of the game of the year awards yeah um if cyberpunk is still you know if 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 we look at 2021 and cyberpunk is still on top in that sort of way like does Cyberpunk become Game of the Year twenty twenty one for the Game Awards? And like, does that become a weird thing for everybody where everybody's like, "All right, yeah, but that's kind of weak, right? This game came out yeah. last year. How's it Game of the Year twenty twenty one?
1: It's such a yeah, weird yeah. exactly? Because the next gen version is going to come out, and people might wait to play it on you know. CBS I mean, that's true too. And but but normally in those situations, it's it's just considered a release. It's not normally it's not considered for an overall right. It wouldn't be considered in twenty twenty one because of that. So if it anyway it's tricky yeah. it's not I'll as easy part. as it sounds but i do uh, simply put agree with you i really hope they just make room for it and it, given their their credibility and uh, how good that team is at cd project like they're gonna need to make room for it
0: aiden dean writes in to patreon.com and says good morning blessing and friend this weekend i decided I, I decided it would be a good idea to play 48 races in a row on mario kart 8 deluxe which is every single track it took way longer than I thought it would, and I can't say I recommend it to anyone. But that's not really what this question is about. While doing this, I had a thought. What if Nintendo is working on Mario Kart Ultimate and is going to release a Mario Kart game with every track ever in a Mario Kart game remastered for the Switch? Don't you guys think that would be awesome? What do you What do you think are the chances of that ever happening? Thanks for all you guys do uh, and keep me entertained at work. Fran, you're the Mario Kart expert here. What are your thoughts wow. on Mario Kart Ultimate?
1: I don't know if I'm an expert anymore. Um, first of all, this this person might have spent anywhere from eight to fifteen hours doing this. Is what I'm thinking, it I don't know. That's a lot of time to be playing Mario Kart. Actually, wait. If it was straight in a row, anyway. Um, do I think That's they're making like an ultimate ultimate um, with everything? I think it's possible. I think Mario Kart Eight Deluxe is like the Mario Kart to play and to own because it is so awesome to to play your favorite tracks. Um, it was so well done. So actually, I don't know. it's it, it's the first time I thought about it. the reason I'm hesitating is because there's a reason why all the levels didn't make it into deluxe. You know, I think I don't know that every level deserves to be in there if that's the idea, but I could see one maybe with more. Um, And my last thing I'd say about it is like we we do need a bunch of awesome new tracks. Like Deluxe was cool, but I think we need to take Mario Kart into the next. The next stage, if you will, and uh, it's going to need a lot of new levels and stuff for us to to love. So,
2: if a game like that's that that's not would, enough, if a game like that were to come out, Fran, wh- what do you think you would score it?
1: <laughs> Barrett, I know what you're trying to do. I would never ever think about scoring a game unless I've actually played it with for a significant amount of time. But yes, probably a seven nine. <laughs> I'm tired. Now it's time. To say it.
0: <laughs> now, Fran is like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna tell you guys." The you're right. The Everybody Mario wants to hear me say 7.9 seven point nine. 7. nine. I'm broke. Fuck down. it. Yeah. Now it's time for kind slash you're wrong, where you let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Nanobiologist writes in and says, "Breaking news: Ghost of, Ghost of Tsushima has gone gold." Uh, it was announced on Sucker Punch's Twitter. So congratulations, Ghost of yeah. Tsushima, it's gone gold. Nanobiologist also says uh, the Rocksteady rumor regarding Suicide Squad started from a marketing link leak. leak uh, this was reported April 17th, 2019. Uh oh. also says Clancy Brown was not in the original Battle for Bikini Bottom. Um Ignacio, mm-hmm. Ignacio Rojas says, according to IMDB, the same actor voices Mr. Krabs on both Battle for Bikini Bottom games. Hmm. Uh, Neobiologist says, Fran said that the Me Fighter outfits mean they won't be- they won't become characters, but that's not true. Inkling so and King pay means- rule. Uh, we're me we're fighters. were me fighter costumes in Smash Brothers 3DS and Wii U, and they're now fighters. Now, Bob, I'm you're wronging, you're wrong. To, um, what me fighters don't become fighters in the same game is
1: what That's saying. exactly it. Thank you. That's what I was. Yeah. That's what Tim enlightened me on. When it's in the same game, it's very. It hasn't happened yet, and it's very unlikely. So.
0: Yes. Kebab says nice you try. can. Ar- you can already play 3D modeled solitaire in fifty fifty one worldwide classics on Switch, which I was actually gonna say. I thought I said that. But maybe I didn't finish my sentence. Uh was says solitaire with physical cards is a real thing. It makes it easy to cheat if you get stuck. We know it's a real thing. I'm saying, like, who's who's trying to play solitaire in real life is what I'm saying? Not me.
1: People Not on me. like boats and they're stranded out at sea.
0: Laura Pone <laughs> says November 15th, 2019 was last year's cutoff for the Game Awards. Um, and then lastly, kebab says the reason why the VO is the same is because uh, rehydrated uses the same audio files from the PS2 version. And let me tell you, as somebody who's playing, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Those uh, mm. the audio sounds kind of old. Um, Interesting. Just it, it, in the quality. It, it, it makes sense.
2: I, I I couldn't tell, but there were moments where I was like, oh, like this specific like sound bite sounds weird, or like it, it, it'll like be noticeable noticeable to me like every once in a while. So um that's not super surprising to to learn but that's interesting
0: that is interesting uh let me tell you the host for this week uh tuesday it's me and tim wednesday greg and gary thursday greg and me and then friday is greg and tim of course this has been kind of funny games daily uh each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about fran where can people find you if they want to check out some of what you're doing on a daily basis
1: I've streamed for 105 days in a row. That wasn't the plan. I was supposed to take a break. But anyway, we're still doing it. Twitch TV slash FM3 underscore. I've seen a lot of best friends over there. So thanks everybody for coming by and supporting.
0: Go give Fran a follow. Uh, we have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.